L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hello, guys. My name is Devin Green, and this is The Innovative Creative, a podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years, and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at innovativecreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to, but if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS Plus. For more information on that, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS. Welcome to Friends with Marketing Benefits. It's so great to see you. I'm so happy you're here. How's your mom? Doing well? Happy to hear it. Hi! (laughs) I'm feeling good today. I'm so excited to have a fantastic guest, one of my best friends here with me. Um, But before I get to our fantastic guest, I have another best friend with me. It's Alex Schulte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Logan? And you really faded that intro song out really fast. Okay. I thought it was going to be a little bit longer. What? <laughs> Literally. Okay. I don't know how to make you happy, man. Just a little bit longer. Just so we bit. were talking about, just before we recorded this episode, Logan was giving me the note as a, a producer saying he, he thinks that I keep the opening song on too long. Yeah. So when you go back and listen to our episode with Joe Coffey, which was last episode, I would love if anybody has any, uh, any thoughts, let us know. Do you like it to go the, the length of the Joe Coffey episode or... Of the episode of our guest today, who I, well, her name's on the freaking episode, so it's not like it's a it's a secret. No, it's a, it's she doesn't exist until we introduce until her. until we right right. Her name's definitely not on <laughs> the name of this episode that you're listening to right now. It doesn't rhyme with Borden Farnold. Wow, wow. that was <laughs> that was the really most beautiful pe- auditory experience related to my did, name did I've ever really had. Good? It felt so good. Why do my I feel like my gag reflexes being <laughs> Morden Larnold. Oh. Wow, it's getting better. <laughs> it feels good. Oh my God, I just lost all sense of smell and taste. Uh, well, Maybe that's something. You should get else. a COVID test. Maybe that's something else. <laughs> hey, this is Friends with Marketing Benefits. It's believe it or not, after that intro, it is our professional marketing show, <laughs> and we are friends. <laughs> where we, we believe are friends, it or not. <laughs> uh, but this is a fun, casual show where we talk with local marketing professionals and awesome people who share their experiences, their stories, and their insight to help you with whatever your project is, your startup, your small business, um, your nonprofit. Uh, your local band, whatever it is, we're here to help you market it to the right audience for you. And this show comes out every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Believe it or not, it is every other Tuesday now. That's new, newer. 
My so, brain's not working around that, but I, I can I can get with it. You'll get there. You'll I get like there. that you learned it from the last podcast when you tried to explain it. That it was on Thursdays? And Tuesdays. Yeah. But like also weekly, but sometimes bi-weekly. So, so this feels more solid. Jordan was here when we finished up our last episode <laughs> and our interview. So she heard me literally just learn. Alex lied, really, the, is what happened. The new episode time, but now I'm, I'm still confused. Always confused. You know how <laughs> you know how Post Malone has always tired tattooed under his eyes? I did not. <laughs> I know. didn't either. You didn't know that? He, I mean, I know there are a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I just don't know what so they are. So under, his, under his, uh, his right eye, it says always in that cursive. Mm-hmm. And then in the left eye, it says tired. I would like to get a tattoo that says always confused under my eyes. But with a question mark. Always confused? confused. <laughs> <laughs> Which would confuse anyone looking at my eyes. At my tat. Mm-hmm. At my t- eyes. <laughs> yep. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into the professional stuff. Um, you've already heard her voice. You've gotten your benefits. Let's um, get into marketing. Correct. <laughs> These were the benefits. Now it's time for the Wait, marketing. That was it? That was it. That was oh, it. wow. End of podcast. Well, thank you, everybody. Guys. The only yep. benefit. You've heard her voice already. She's here to drop some knowledge, Ooh. but also clearly some good laughs. Um, <laughs> it's Zordon Barnold. <laughs> How long were you holding on to that one? I made it up literally in that moment. It was impressive. Zordon's the name of the guy who leads the Power Rangers. Did you know that? I didn't. Jordan? No. Thank you for saying it correctly. Jordan That was the first time on the podcast. Yeah, we are officially, yes, (laughs) Yes. our guest today is Jordan Arnold. It's me. It's not, I know you've already seen it on the name of the podcast, spelled Jordan Arnold. It's not pronounced Zordon Farnold. I'm definitely writing Zordon Farnold in the title of this episode. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry as well. Why am I here? <laughs> Why? Why? Why am I here? Why are you here, Jordan? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Yeah. What What have you done in the past and what do you do now? <laughs> I have two oh. questions. First off, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, uh, all right. So I am Jordan Arnold. I work for All Steel, which is an office furniture max- manufacturer in Muscatine, Iowa. Um, my current role is a vertical market growth manager, uh, which is a lot of words, kind of a mouthful, but really what's exciting about it, and we can talk a little bit more about it, is it really kind of is at the intersection of marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. So how those pieces kind of fit together, and that's kind of been a passion of mine for a really long time. Um, previous to that, I've been through uh, many different roles within the H&I family, which is the parent company of All Steel, starting out as a showroom manager in Washington, D.C., coming through the corporate training realm, and then most recently as kind of a more proper marketing manager uh, in a couple of different spaces in the organization. Yeah, when we talked about bringing you on for the very first time, yeah. you actually were still in that previous marketing position. I was. I was in that marketing role, and I was a little apprehensive about having this recorded conversation with you. Not because oh, I, sure. not because I'm a shy human being or I lack confidence in the space, but I was thinking about it kind of before I came on, like, why was there this level of nervousness about this conversation? And I think it's because I don't consider myself kind of a traditional marketer in that space. Like, yeah, I, I, what do you mean by that? I, I consider myself more of like a fringe marketer, not in the sense of like guerrilla marketing or, or, or weird stuff like that, but more in the sense that I, so much of marketing is often grounded in this like creativity, right? Uh, graphic design, advertising, copywriting, yeah. uh, social media. And there's, and there's such critical elements of the world that we live in, but that's not the space I operate in, mm-hmm. right? Like I have a, I have a creative spirit. I have a lot of creativity of thought, but I don't like my level of capability when when it comes to a lot of those tangible things that we think about as marketing, it, that's not where I'm strong. 
And so I think when we started talking about coming on the show, part of me was like, well, that's like while I've lived in the world of marketing, I don't necessarily consider myself a traditional marketer because that's not the area where I feel most successful. That's so weird to me. I would think you have those strengths more than so many people that I know. Well, I appreciate that. But it's and, and I like I can do things within that world, right? Like I can write stuff. I can I can think about creative ways to to approach a problem, but I think that's where I really have found my strength, right, is is identifying ways of, of solving for big problems. And I think that is a piece of the puzzle, right? That's a piece of the, the marketing journey is figuring out how to fix for the thing or how to identify the, the way to talk about the thing in a, in a way that resonates. But for me, it's just those kind of tangible marketing moments are out of my field hmm. uh, and which has also been kind of a part of my journey uh, at All Steel. I do think it's really important for us to acknowledge, though, head on what you're saying, which is that marketing is not just what we initially think about. Absolutely. At the top level, you know, the creative marketing output, right? For sure. Who comes up with that campaign? Um, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I don't know. What mm-hmm. I tried to think of the first campaign I could think of. And that's what came to mind. I mean, obviously, that was a good campaign. If right. that's the first campaign you think Very of. Very recent, too. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marty and I were just talking about the Limu Emu Liberty Mutual campaign. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Limu uh, Emu. And Doug. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. I've not oh, seen really? That. Yeah. I don't do know you that stream campaign. the internet? I, quite have a bit. You, have you watched the Hulu? I did. T- yeah, but... Are ad you free? Are you ad free? Oh, are you kidding me? Okay. Do okay. you watch Hulu with ads? I do. I watch Hulu with ads because How? it comes fiscally responsible. It comes with my what? Disney Plus. Well, yeah, but I, I mine also comes with my Disney Plus, but I still pay for the premium. Oh, it's yeah. twenty bucks a month instead, and you get no ads. All right. Well, I'm running a couple of businesses, and I have a newborn, so <laughs> every dollar counts. And he has access to Limu Emu. And apparently, oh, see, it's just because they they do repeat ads in the same ad break, and I they can't do, do it. Girlfriend and I, Hannah, tried watching um, The Bachelor in Paradise the other day with ads. <gasps> Alex, and we need to talk. You watch Bachelor in Paradise? So much. Okay, this hold, so hold much. on. I need to Can put, this be a Bachelor in Paradise podcast instead? Oh, I need God. to put the kibosh on and, this conversation. Oh, fine. I need someone to talk to about it. We'll talk later. But, Hannah and I only have each other. So <laughs> it's And we, I don't even have Tim. This sounds like a spin-off podcast, all right? <laughs> oh man. I would judge the crap out of that. Dude. Okay, so that's the best. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we can't do this. We can't do this. I, we have to talk about the actual marketing okay, podcast. Okay. Uh, you can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, can I just have like 30 seconds? No, this can't be a ghost. 15 thing. seconds. No. Fif- 10 seconds. All right, 10 seconds, but I'm going to time you. My favorite okay? thing about Bachelor in Paradise is that I get to watch these people and judge them and like make fun of them all on TV, and I don't really have to feel bad about it. Correct, and it makes you feel really good about yourself because of where you are in your life and where they are in theirs. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That's okay, all. great. Okay. Good job, team. <laughs> <laughs> marketing is so much more than just that. You know, creative, um, very forefront yep. type of marketing that we think about, right? Absolutely. Um, and some of my favorite conversations with you have been around marketing strategy and workflow and yeah. and thinking about how people think, yeah. frankly. Um, and and so I was hoping that we could come on the show and talk a bit about your perspective on marketing yeah. and, and your previous experience with marketing because it's really important for us to talk about that as well, especially... Force. We want to talk about Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> Especially for some of these local businesses and marketers and people who are trying to reach other people. Yeah. Um, but 
it's not always the creative idea that's going to get them there. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. There's so much behind that. And I think, so I think you had on two things there that are really interesting that are exciting to me. And one of them is process, which sounds very dorky to say. Um, <laughs> one of them is process. And then the other one is this idea of marketing strategy and where does it come from? Yeah. Right? Because I think it's it's this big mythical thing, right? Like, how are we going to go do the thing we're going to do? And I, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this because I'm incredibly passionate uh, about some elements of it. So I'll dig into that one first. And I'll start by saying that I think we as human beings, and you get really esoteric. Yeah, wow. We as human beings <laughs> like to solve problems. Yeah. Right? Like, we like to say, uh, we have this problem, we have problem A, what is our solution? Right. So so as an example, I'm on a I'm on a team right now at All Steel that's really exploring how to, to transform our digital experience. Right. For our customers. So that's a big ask. Right. And, and I think the first our innate response is like, how do we solve the digital experience? Let's make an app. You oh. know, we need an All Steel app because if we have an All Steel app, then we can reach people digitally. Like, that's the solution. And I think we we as human beings have a tendency to go to this place where we need to solve right away. Right. And I think some of it's driven by expectations around results, expectations about finding the next best thing. But what I think is so important and often gets missed within that conversation is who are we solving for? What is their journey? What is their experience? And how do we solve for the right parts of that? So there's this concept called design thinking, which I'm incredibly passionate about. There's actually a school at Stanford called the D School and their entire like their entire curriculum is about design thinking, so it's legit, uh, and <laughs> and all it is is uh, just human centric thought. That's all it is. It's like understanding who people are before trying to solve the problem. So, as an example, instead of saying, you know, let's solve for the digital, you know, the digital customer, and let's make an app, what we did is we said, let's explore the customer journey. Right? What is a what does a customer go through in their experience in buying a product? So we, we are a, a product manufacturer that sells through our dealer partners, and we are an incredibly archaic industry. Like, we've been around for decades, and we do things the way that we've always done the things. So what we started to do is break down the segments of the customer experience, the segments of the customer journey, and say... What is that? Like, what are they doing in that space, right? As they're starting to explore options, what activities are they doing in order to do that? And where are they going to do it? And there's some really interesting resources related to design thinking that are relatively accessible that allow you to map that. And to me, that's where I get really excited because then you can visually see what that is and you can start to identify those drops, in an experience, right? And the, the pain that can come through in that journey. And that's where we have opportunity to point at that and lift it, right? And say like, it doesn't have to be this, but now we've identified what their experience is, where the problem is, and we can lift it. And it's probably like the solution is probably not, let's make up an app, right? And, and even if there is an app, what's in it? And that's where we start to see where those things connect to each other. So how would I, just starting up my new business, yeah. go about even finding out information like that? Like, it's great that that's all there. And mm -hmm. these are the parts of marketing that scare me now. Right. It's it's the uh, knowing which aisle of the supermarket I'm in at all times right. or, or whatever. Um, but how? How, yeah. how the hell do you find out 
those the, the the different parts of that buyer's journey. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways that you can go about that. And I guess there's kind of two pieces as well. So there are a lot of resources out there that are really accessible related to design thinking and other, you know, methodologies that can support this that you can, you know, use the Googs to find or use <laughs> use tools. The I'm really Googs. I'm really uh, excited about a tool called Miro Board. I don't know if you guys have played with it at all, but it has a lot of design thinking elements as well. You showed it to me. Yeah. yeah. It's an, an infinite it? whiteboard. It's called Miro board. What does it do? It's an infinite whiteboard with all of these tools that you can use to organize thought or to run brainstorming exercises or to map or to persona define. Like it's a really oh wow cool tool. And there's some there's a certain amount that you can do uh, as a as a free tool. But I would say as far as platforms go, there's a lot of different options in order to map. Um, but a lot of times where these conversations come from is a lot of like research-based experience. So what we'll do is we'll go talk to customers, right? We'll we'll go have conversations and and talk about their experience and to describe it and not again, not search for a solution, right? We're not talking to them to to try and solve for the problem. We're talking to them to try and understand what they're going through day to day. We just heard that earlier today. That's so funny when we were talking to Jen Murphy. Um, one thing that marketers don't they forget to do mm-hmm. is talk to the customers right it's just simply having that conversation yeah you can answer so many questions that way right Absolutely. don't don't necessarily make an assumption of what the problem is in a vacuum right right um instead of trying to solve for the problem that you've self-assigned yep. seek out what the problem actually is so uh, I, i'd love to frame it uh, in in possibly a different way that might appeal to some of the listeners of this show based on the language that we've talked about with previous guests and, and frame it like this that Yes, the creative thing is fun. Um, yep. It's very important, and that's that's a particular type of messaging. But that messaging doesn't really mean anything if it's not driving action. Right. Right. Mm. Absolutely. And you need to. We've talked about that before. A call to action. What are you trying to get somebody to do? And what we're talking about with Jordan right now is diagnosing what you actually need that person to do, and what that person wants to do. Right. Or, or diagnosing what it is that they're going through or, or identifying what it is that they're going through and then providing the prescription, if you will. Right. Sure. So to use the, the medical analogy we were going down. Sure. It's 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 figuring out where that pain point is. And it sounds so simple, but it's figuring out where that pain point is. And to your point, Logan, when you when you send the message that alleviates that pain in a really specific and thoughtful way, that's where things start to happen, right? That's where you start to get traction because it, it it's meaningful and it, it literally solves for what they're struggling with. Hmm. Uh, thinking about uh, Miroboard, and, and I've done, I haven't used Miroboard, but I've used other um, mm-hmm. web mapping tools and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's as simple as, um, you know, when you've written something, you draw the circle around it and then you map out different things from there. That's a way for you to potentially track access points for customers. What is the user journey? What is the user experience? Um, I own a restaurant, right? How do people find my business? How do people learn Mm -hmm. about my business? And then you go through and you think about all the different ways people might hear about your business. And then you figure out, what am I missing? Mm -hmm. Right? What, What gaps do I need to fill? Once somebody reads about my business in the newspaper, which, you know, Maybe that's lower on the list, but maybe somebody reads about it in the newspaper. (laughs) What's the next step? How do I get them from reading the newspaper to my business? And what are they going through in that process? What's stopping them from completing that process? How do I make that easier? How do I streamline that? That's all part of your marketing process because it's the difference, the connecting point between your top level creative messaging 
and your actual product. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would also say like Miro board and tools like it can be incredibly effective tools in order to do that. And I'm a, I'm a really visual human being. So for me, there's a ton of value. Do you mean to lean in? No, sorry. <laughs> I, I, so I adjusted your arm because I was like sick of trying to find yeah. your eyes. Yeah, nope, I agree. That was arm. good. That was good. And then I noticed that I pulled the mic too far away from okay, your face. Got it. And so it's all on me. You just let me know what you I need. was hoping we would never have to mention it, but it got to the point where you had to say something. We're here. It's and fine. And I totally understand. It's fine. It's fine. I'm you sound sitting, great, Jordan. I'm Thank sitting you so here much. messing with Jordan's microphone while she speaks. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, uh, always producing. <laughs> can't help it. Can't help it. But to get back to the, the idea, so like, tools like MiroBoard uh, can be incredibly useful, but I would also say you don't need tools like MiroBoard. I use PowerPoint and and like tool, so accessible tools like that to lay out visualization for the stuff that we're talking about. And I I think the important thing is to do the work, right? Mm. To, to do the research, to understand, to, to map out what that experience is, uh, and to really start to drill down on how you can make a difference. I did that for my real estate business, yep. actually. Um, I went through and I was like, how, do, how does everybody interact with my real estate business? All the way out to, who gets my postcard? Mm-hmm. All right. Once they get my postcard, what do they do? Right? Is there a URL that I list on the back? Yep. Is there a QR code? How do they find me in the classified ad? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And then follow that customer journey yep. all the way through to my product, which happens to be me. Hello, call me. <laughs> so, um, so I, I think that that's such an important part of marketing that often we gloss over mm-hmm. for the sake of Limu Emu. Right, the, <laughs> the the top level creative right. messaging because that's what we intake. Right. All the time, and that's what's seen as traditional marketing, right? right? That's the that's the the shiny the shiny penny uh, at the front of it is is the the beautiful media output, uh, but that's not the only tool at your disposal. And even if that's not what you're skilled at, there are many people who are right. And if you can provide that that guidance, and if you have a clear vision and message based on what you know about that experience or that customer themselves, then that's what's going to make it powerful. Hmm. So on this show, we often talk to our guests about their personal story, Yeah. right? How did they get into this world of marketing? How do they develop these skills? And that often leads us to some of these uh, moments of insight and uh, tips and tricks and and thoughts that people can take away and apply to their projects and their businesses. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit, uh, because you you mentioned kind of your top level path, but how did you get into this work to begin with? Did you know you wanted to do marketing did you know you wanted to work in sales and the customer experience in general yeah from the day i was born no i had right. i had no idea oh, you came out of the womb saying all steel all steel <laughs> understand the customer journey um no i i started out having no idea i i went to college for musical theater which is a side passion of mine that i adore um yeah, but you're very good at very they, talented local actor oh Goodness, stop. Uh, you can keep going. Uh, Such a talented, so fantastic, okay. <laughs> Great, guys, beautiful that's voice. That's enough. Um, no, I, I started out as a musical theater major, realized that that wasn't a, a life path that I wanted to go down professionally, and got into marketing because that was safe and a logical choice because business degrees are super usable. I thought that gave me a chance to leverage some of my creativity, and uh, Iowa had a great program. So that's how I ended up where I did. It was never. It wasn't a. <laughs> it wasn't a, a beautiful passion for the for the marketing space. It was. It was convenience, honestly, at the time. And um, I found myself kind of on a circuitous path after college, really trying to discover 
where I fit. And I think some of that is is relative to what I've talked about already, which is my where I fit within that business world. Uh, so I worked at the Children's Museum down at Coral Ridge Mall. I had a couple of roles there. I sold wedding gowns for a year and a half at David's Bridal, which was an experience that we could spend a whole podcast talking about. <laughs> we need to hear that story at some point. Oh, there's so many. We can um, talk about it on The Bachelor in Paradise podcast. Oh my God, yes, <gasps> we will. We will so do that, Alex. <laughs> Don't get me excited, Logan. <laughs> do we need another 10 seconds? God. Alice came out of the womb saying, Bachelor. Paradise. <laughs> Almost paradise. Um, is that the theme song? It is. We're knocking on the, heaven's door. Okay, That's a we'll, great song. We'll get out of it in a second. But what they do in the intro is they have all of them doing these really stupid things to that song. And right. now it's like 10 minutes long because there's like there's 40 so people on the island. There's so many people. <laughs> there's like one guy eating a, like a, a hot uh, like pepper. There's one guy jumping in the water. It's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> They're on there, an island? I like, know nothing yeah, about Yeah, there's like show. one yeah. guy like throws a football and yeah. then smiles at the camera. And, <laughs> and then, then another guy gets hit gets with hit it. In the head with the football then he smiles at the camera and you, know, you find it's out very... later they hate each other and those are the two guys yeah. that hate each other Aaron and uh, uh and Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> okay <laughs> welcome to the podcast within a podcast all about <laughs> telling so Logan sorry. what this Bachelor, is Bachelor in Paradise Inception Look, and it's, it's not good it's really hard to find people who like that show is it I can't find anybody oh well you've you've found someone in me I am so glad that you're here me too almost paradise <laughs> They gave the people what they want, though, right? Which uh, is a trashy show about bachelor castoffs. But it's but it's got like that bougie. Um, um that coat of paint over oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. That makes it seem like it's fancy, but I feel it's like not. it's getting worse, though. Like, over the years, oh, yeah. it's getting less bougie. Dude, yeah. Dave, David, <laughs> okay, David <laughs> I can feel the show turning. <laughs> Lil yeah. John is now the, Lil John is the guest host. Now the guest host. <laughs> all right, stick with me for back a moment. In, back all right. Okay, okay. Let's, I can do this. I can do this. That's fine. Let's, let's have a thought experiment, all mm-hmm. right? Bachelor in Paradise. <clears throat> How do you market Bachelor in Paradise? Because legitimately, yeah. it sounds like a show that I can't imagine anybody wanting to watch. So and, That's and, unfair. But, no, no, no. I mean, sincerely. <laughs> I don't. And, I and, take offense to that remark. Uh, let me let me rephrase it then. It's a show that I myself yes. cannot imagine anybody wanting to watch. But there's clearly an audience for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how do you position that show in a way that gets people to want to watch it? What got you mm-hmm. into Bachelor in Paradise? Here's the question. Customer journey. <laughs> how did you discover Bachelor in Paradise? Mine's going to be very different than yours. Yeah. Well, and I don't know exactly where I discovered. Uh, mine. My love of Bachelor in Paradise comes out of two specific modes. One of them is a love for reality TV love shows uh, where I can feel better about myself and my relationship uh, by proxy <laughs> by watching these people struggle, yeah. uh, which I love Love Island. I love some other really terrible shows like that. And so there's kind of this vein of, of uh, kind of a categorical preference for that kind of television show. That's a good way to put it. And then there is also a former love of the Bachelor franchise. Now, I will add, I haven't watched a Bachelor franchise show besides Bachelor in Paradise in maybe 10 years. What? But I watch Bachelor in Paradise because it brings me a lot of friggin' joy. Ah, I watch all of them. Do you? Oh, yeah. So you're like invested in the cast-offs. I am Bachelor Nation. You are Bachelor. That is a thing. And that's, I guess, to come back to your question, there is this tribe of bachelor nation humans who watch every season who are so invested in the individuals and their lives that keep coming back for that content yeah. so i think there's probably kind of two paths to find your way to bachelor in paradise for the record i start every season saying i'm not watching it sure. this season and but then you three do. episodes in i've i can't yeah not. oh you, it's a train wreck so i started watching it as a joke i was yep. like because i was working on radio and i wanted something to talk about that was kind of funny mm-hmm. um and started watching it as a joke and then 
I kept watching it as a joke. <laughs> totally as a joke. Wink. Question mark. As a joke. You know, um, and then it was just like, oh my God, this is the best TV I've ever seen. Uh, I will add that the thing that augments my, re- my experience with Bachelor in Paradise the most is the vulture recaps of Bachelor in Paradise. You mean like the, the women tell all kind of thing? No. The vulture media, like the the oh. online magazine Vulture. Oh, got it, like got it. Articles, you know, and the like. They do a recap. And I mean, there are lots of these recaps where I will literally read it minutes after consuming the media yep. to hear what funny things they have to say about the shit that went down. Like that is <laughs> what enhances my Bachelor in Paradise experience. The forums. So, dude, it, Logan, you're the same way. But with football, um, this is the same thing. But but you do fantasy football instead. Uh, I don't know that's that's a one to one, but I want to stick with this idea for just a moment. <laughs> um, so I know I love that you're trying to make this work. <laughs> I am because we it won't work. stop talking about. I it. I also really appreciate it. Well, stick with me for just a moment because yep, there's something here, here, right? So um, we've talked about the customer experience, the customer mm-hmm. journey, yep, and the number one access point for any business, any industry is the personal referral, right? Right. Um, So when you talk about this idea of a tribe, people that love The Bachelor, like we just witnessed live on this podcast, (laughs) they bring each other into this fold, right? And, uh, And I have no doubt that at some point the two of you could convince me, even just as a joke, like you said, to watch this show Mm -hmm. and maybe I get hooked on it and then maybe I start leaning into the culture that's been built around this and I'm reading online reviews and Mm -hmm. and you know getting into this this um this constantly churning culture of content right oh yeah so when you think about even just boiling it down to all steel or any other business finding your audience leveraging that audience and Mm -hmm. creating a culture around that audience I think has real tangible value to your customer journey. Absolutely. Well, and even to bring it back to our original conversation, understanding what that audience wants. Right. Right? Like their journey, their persona, who they are. While Alex and I are different human beings, it sounds like we have a similar enjoyment for similar reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it also comes back to knowing who your audience is and what they want. I love how evil the producers are. Oh, my God. They're so mean. It's so targeted too. Like you and you can you can see things going down. I mean, it is. Oh, you're falling in love. Well, by the way, we got your ex to come on the show. <laughs> exactly. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so obvious too. And this season, there are two couples that came in already dating, but tried to hide it from everyone, which right. is the current drama. Oh God, yeah. For all the social I am, media follows. I am. I'm a week behind, but um. Oh, spoiler alert! But, there's a second. But that drama is mm-hmm. is so annoying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they and they took advantage of other people on the on the island to stay there longer until the person could get there. Yep. Ugh. All right. Well, <laughs> breaking the rules. <laughs> I have no good way you to tried. transition this, so you why tried. don't we take our mid roll break now? <laughs> um, let's check in with some sponsors. Let's let Jordan and Alex work out some things. When we come back, we'll talk some more about. <clears throat> marketing, oh. and uh, and we're gonna have a great time. Jordan is already sharing some great insights um, about both Bachelor in Paradise and <laughs> the customer journey and what the customer wants, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll talk some more about that. We'll talk some more about Jordan's uh, professional journey, and uh, it's gonna be a great time. So stick around. We'll check in with some sponsors, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everybody. My name is James, and I am Sarah, and, and we, we are, are full of BS. BS. Which is why we're starting a new podcast called A Load of BS. We probably want to tell them what BS is, though, James. What do you mean? 
Well, we everybody knows them. what BS is. No, we got to tell them what BS means. It's brand strategy. Everybody knows that. I mean, it could potentially mean something else. Like what? Boat snack? <laughs> Bucket sauce? I don't. I don't know. It's brand. Everybody knows it's brand strategy. That's it. That's, That's what I heard on the streets. I, I guess. Okay. Well, now you know. You can be full of brand strategy too. So if you want to be full of BS too, I would recommend checking out our podcast, which will be coming out every second and fourth Wednesday of the month, produced by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of LAS Podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. We all can be full of BS together. Come join us. I've been told that I'm full of BS a lot. It's true. I stand by that. (laughs) (laughs) That's from Moana, remember? And he's like, holds the chicken up. He's like, boat snack. Hey, Logan. How's it going? Hey, Brian. Why do you look so sad? I'm just sad because I, well, I found out that there's no local fantasy football podcast for the Cedar Rapids and Iowa City Corridor. Well, Logan, you know what? Let's change that. How? Well, we can make a podcast about fantasy football locally. Let's do it. We'll call it Playoff Bound Fantasy Football! Yeah! I'm Brian. And I'm Logan. And we got a new podcast all about fantasy football that you should listen to. It's called Playoff Bound Fantasy Football, and it's going to be the premier place to hang out every single week and talk fantasy football locally right here in the Cedar Rapids and Iowa City Corridor. Every week we're going to come to you with news around the league and give you advice about your starters. There's a bazillion fantasy football podcasts out there, right? Why listen to ours? This is going to be a place for us to hang out, share stories, insights, advice, laughter, suffer through losses together. It's going to be your fantasy football community. That's what we want to create. Do you have a player that just got injured? We'll tell you if you should drop them or not. Do you have a player that somebody's trying to trade for? Maybe we'll answer an email or two and tell you if you should trade them or not. Did you get really angry this past Sunday and throw your phone out a window? That's on you. (laughs) You you messed up. Yeah. All right. Calm down. So if you want to hear strategies and laugh with us, come listen. It's going to be a great time, but here's what I really want you to know. Playoff Bound Fantasy Football is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. New episodes release every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. Football season's just around the corner, Logan. I know. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Let's get to the playoffs together. Let's do it. On the count of three. One, two, three, four. What? what? Oh, I thought we were just counting. Nice. L-A-S. Welcome on back to Friends with Marketing Bachelors. I mean, um, 
bachelor's in marketing benefits. I mean, um, <laughs> something about paradise. Anyway, this is Friends of Marketing Benefits. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm Logan. I'm Alex. And we're talking with our good friend with marketing benefits, Jordan Arnold. That's me. Hi. Hi, I'm back. I didn't leave. You did. Thank God. <laughs> I know. There was no new episode of Bachelor, so we kept her. No, there is. Oh, there is one today. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, we're, I'm done doing this. I'm done doing We're done this. with the bit. We're done with the bit. Is that why it's taken so long to get you on the show? Is because you're always watching Bachelor on Tuesdays? Uh, you know, uh, a girl's got commitments, and she's <laughs> got to follow through. That's right. That's right. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been talking about your professional journey yeah. and um, talked a lot about um, the customer journey, diagnosing what the customer wants. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up really quickly, and then I want to get back into your professional yeah. uh, personal development. Uh, how can these smaller businesses, these entrepreneurs, these, um, I don't know, small projects that need to be thinking about the customer experience go about diagnosing those things if they don't have major tools or major teams to do those things? Where do you start with with finding that information? Well, yeah, and I think it, it kind of comes back to what we talked about before, and it's it's ask the questions, right? Like, talk to, even if you're a, a small organization, you have existing customers, right? You have people that you're that you're speaking to, that you're working with. You know people that maybe should be your customers, right? Or or have a different service similar to your own, but I, I think the the key is to be vulnerable, to, to be open to hearing the response, and to ask the questions of those individuals so that you can start to map that out. And I, like I would say from a tool standpoint, you don't need mural mural board. You can use a piece of paper, right, to start visually mapping out mm-hmm. how those things relate to each other. Um, the tools certainly provide some value, but they're not necessary to the process. We've talked about that in the past on this show too. Maybe it was Mike Schulte. We talked about just using Facebook ads yeah. to find people to survey, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We'll give out a five dollar gift card Absolutely. to get people's thoughts on your business, your branding, whatever that is. Yeah, right. I don't remember either but who exactly said it, but it's a great piece of advice that is, is worth repeating. Right. If you don't know who your customer is or what they're going through or what they want, mm-hmm. as Jordan said, um, then your business is not operating the way that it should be. Right. So, Jordan, your children's museum and then David's Bridal and then something about Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> We went down the road. We did. And we're back. Um, where yeah. did you go after David's Bridal? Uh, so after David's Bridal, I I had gone through that experience, and I, I can appreciate the experience of a commissioned sales human being, uh, but it was not a world that I necessarily wanted to live in. So I started to explore what op- other options might be out there for me. And I had a, a friend, a very good friend of mine, who worked for Han, which is a, a company under the H&I umbrella another furniture company that's a sister company of All Steel. And she managed one of their showrooms in the Atlanta area. And she let me know that the DC space was open and it was really hard for them to find someone who was willing to to pick up and move from Iowa to go and, and work in that space. And for me, it was an opportunity to to try something new. I was I was moderately young and single. And so if there was ever a time to, to live in a new space, that was it. And so sure. I moved out to DC for a couple of years and managed the Han Show room, which is just really a, a large-scale space with product examples throughout. Um, a trial by fire in really understanding our industry, understanding our product lines, as well as understand, starting to really learn what I loved, which is uh, connecting with the people that would come in, with giving tours, really trying to understand and diagnose what they were looking for, 
Right. And so I think that's kind of where some of my interest in what we've talked about for a lot of the show was really born out of. And that was through those kind of human interactions, those individual human interactions uh, in order to help kind of solve for what they were struggling with. I think there's something good there to think about is as your uh, listener working through your project, your business, all the self uh, analysis uh, and figuring out what the next steps are for you. Keep in mind the things that you love. Right. right. If you enjoy what you're doing, if you find those little elements within what you do that you really love, that can be a sign to you that you should follow that path. Right. Right. There can definitely be something there. And, and that can apply to, you know, not necessarily working directly with customers one on one like you were. Right. But turning that into analyzing and developing the customer journey and customer experience. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. And I, I think what what sometimes the, the challenge is, and you know, I'm coming from a place of working in a larger corporate entity, right, as opposed to, to ind- independent business ownership or, or something a little bit more uh, kind of separate. Right. Um, but I think that can often be the struggle is, is as you're identifying these things that bring you joy and that you find a lot of passion in, like, how do you, where does that happen? Like, where are those things happening and where can you go plug into those things? And I think, um, luckily, for those that might own a business or kind of have a more independent space to work, you can create and carve those spaces for yourself. Right. I think and that's a, I think that's a huge benefit to, to the, the kind of work that a lot of the folks that might listen to this would find is that they have the they have the autonomy to, to carve that space and to really define that focus for themselves. Right. Okay, so you're managing a showroom, mm-hmm. you're in D.C., mm-hmm. and uh, you're missing Iowa, you just want to come home to the corn. I mean, I was missing, like, <laughs> parking, $5 beers, <laughs> um, a lot of things about cost of living. How much was a beer in D.C. when you were there? I mean, it would depend on the beer, but it was uncommon to spend less than, like, 8 bucks. Yeah. Um, I remember moving back from D.C. and going out for a meal and just, like, my jaw dropped at how little I was paying for the amount that I ate and drank. I, I remember that, too, when I moved back from Chicago. Yeah. But, like, and you, it's, it's funny how quickly you forget. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, for sure. And I, 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 I love... I've had a lot of opportunities through my career to explore different areas because of what I had done and and kind of get the chance to still, you know, experience the city. But I, I did have a little bit of nostalgia for the Midwest and kind of where I was. And the opportunity arose for me to take a new role with Han uh, as a trainer. So in that role, which which was under the marketing umbrella, so again, kind of fringe marketing player, uh, in that role, it was my job to facilitate training and events for our dealer partners, for our internal sellers, covering the gamut from product information to selling techniques and, and soft skills like presentation skills. So I did, I did that at both Han and Allsteel for about a, a total of six years. So that was a, a large chunk of my career in that world. You're looking at me like I got a question. I just, I don't know if you've had anything to. to well, throw. Uh, I, it's, so uh, the one thing that sticks out to me, you know, and relating to that journey yeah. is, is I do remember coming back to Iowa and, and noticing that there were so many more outdoorsy things that I could do with my friends. And you're, you're such a, an outdoors person. You love hiking, you love traveling mm-hmm. more than like anybody that I know. Yeah. And, and what, did you feel like you were 
not being fed the um, the outdoor <laughs> nutrition that you needed when you were in a big city? No, I feel like I mean there are so many things there. It, it's it, it's like a it's a cost benefit, right? Like the the cost of living somewhere like DC or one of these larger cities is is literal cost in many cases, right? Or like the the cost of not feeling <laughs> as safe, funny. or yeah. the cost of not feeling whatever the thing is. Um, but there's so much to do, right? And there's so many opportunities to explore new things, and and I do love to to do things in the out of doors. Um, but the the DC experience was it was a special one to me, and I, I really value what it what it brought. But I, I think I always knew that my my heart was here, kind of in the Midwest, and yeah. that that it was a place that I would come back to. And I was fortunate to find a role that was really exciting to me. And you know, I I struggled so long to find my place, right? I mean, I don't think that's shocking here and kind of where I've been, right? So at a children's museum, selling wedding dresses, like managing a showroom. When I found myself in this, uh, in this training space, I felt really confident. Like it was an area that I felt really comfortable. I have a, I have a lot of skill within that environment. But to tie it back, it it also started to open up doors to me as to, to what more I could be doing and, and what more I could be exploring. So uh, it, within that experience, we we had a very traditional sense of what training and that experience was like for a dealer, right? They would come in, we would have a schedule that we would lay out, and we would go through that, and then we would move on. And one of the things that I started to explore while I was on that team is what would that look like for our dealer customer, in this case, to to have choice, Right to to have the option to choose. So if we think about what their needs are, what what their pain points might be within that experience, sure. it might be like, hey, I know I already know about ABC, but what I'd really love to know about is DEF. Right? <laughs> Those are next. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the next ones in the alphabet. Um, so uh, within that role, one of the things that I did bring along to the table was a kind of college curriculum style training experience. So instead of one agenda to kind of peanut butter spread, to use a very corporate term, uh, across all of our dealers, we would offer up electives, right? Core classes that we could say, these are all integral to the, the training experience. From there, here are the pieces and parts that you can puzzle together to, to kind of uh, package your experience, sure. right? You know about A, then let's talk about B. Um, so that's kind of where some of, I think, my excitement and energy around this idea started to, to bubble up. Um, and it was all kind of based in this, this construct of exploring what's possible when we, when we offer up the, a solution that can solve for a challenge. Hmm. Do, do you find that it was maybe also super exciting when you got to mix home with opportunity? Because um, I think we all we all leave home, uh, go to Washington, D.C., go to Chicago, go to wherever, looking for these opportunities. And then it, it, you find it as a surprise when you come home to to maybe just see some people or maybe you're just taking a break from the adventure of right. life. And then you find these opportunities. And it's super cool that there are so many locally here in Absolutely. Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, in Iowa. There, there's so much you can do here no matter what you want to do. And you Absolutely. could also, something that another guest brought up, uh, Jordan Bergen, was that you can work anywhere now mm-hmm. from here. Absolutely. Because of the way the world works. We found out from COVID firsthand yep. that you do not have to be in the office to, to do that 
incredible thing that you want to do. So it's awesome that you're finding purpose and, and finding the fulfillment in life that you've always been looking for right here at home. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, if you can find opportunity in Muscatine, Iowa, uh, you can find opportunity anywhere. <laughs> I was going to say, right? have you ever had a That's very long a commute? That's shirt right there. Have I ever had a very long commute? Very good question, Logan. I So I live in Cedar Rapids and I commuted to Muscatine four days a week for several years. Um, I, I would never call COVID or the pandemic a positive, um, but it has brought about some really interesting conversations in, in work. Right. And I think it's something exciting to explore, which is what is possible without going into a core office space. Uh, and what can we do when we're given the autonomy to work on our own schedule with our own uh, with our own personal drive? And we're, you know, as an office furniture industry, we're having a lot of conversations about that. Oh, sure. Because there are a lot of questions about, like, what is the office right now? Right. Like, what is an office space today? Does it matter and, and, and like, is our People is our industry going away? Try out the new couch in their living room with augmented reality now. Right, right. It's, it's wild. Absolutely, but I think the and I mean this is getting a little off track of where we were headed. But the what what is interesting and 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 what I appreciate about this discussion is that it I don't in my opinion offices and and headquarters spaces and inspiring work environments aren't going away. They're just shifting. Right. And and this is, you know, this is my life. So we talk about this a lot. But the reality is the desire to come together and work together and collaborate and and engage with other human beings isn't going to go away. We just need to change how we approach it. Right. So the the space that might have held 200 people at individual assigned desks and had this many collaborative areas, maybe (laughs) you don't need to have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe you need uh, 50 unassigned spaces and a hundred different places to come together and collaborate. Like there's some really exciting things happening in the world as a result of what we've learned through this experience, which is exciting to me. I actually think this is really tied into what we were talking about because what's interesting about your work and your industry Mm -hmm. is that you offer a very specific product Mm -hmm. in broad terms. Yeah. And your customers' needs have changed. Absolutely. Fair point. Um, And so it's really interesting, I I imagine, from your particular role Mm -hmm. to keep in mind what the customer needs Mm -hmm. and what their journey is to access your product and how your product serves that need. Right. Um, Especially in such a time of change. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, we've talked about work from home a lot, yeah. Um, but your industry is heavily impacted by that. Absolutely, and and what I guess what's also interesting. So, in my current role, my main focus is on our key public sector business. So that's higher education, healthcare, and government. Those are three areas that are heavily impacted by right. what's happening in in our world today, right? So if you explore, I mean, government is relative I wouldn't say stagnant but is relatively solid in in its experience but things are shifting there's a there's an openness in this kind of old school industry to approaching things in a new way w- similar to the commercial world what we're seeing though in higher education and in healthcare is transformational mm-hmm. right the way that we're treating like the idea of of healthcare space and and what we're solving for today it's it's fully different from what we were solving for Three years ago, the the emergence of telehealth and the convenience and capability to access healthcare, the, the importance of equity within the healthcare space, has bubbled up to be such a priority, which is so exciting to see. Absolutely, but that completely changes how we treat space, 
right? So when you think about a, a hub hospital and, and what it used to be, and you look today at all of this decentralized healthcare opportunity, that changes how, to your point, that changes how we solve for what our customers are going through and how we, how we help them through that change, which is also additionally one thing that gets me really excited is it's not just about understanding the customer's journey to solve for the like process. It's also about understanding their challenges and problems to, to be able to solve for in like a result. Right. Or or in a for us, it's a it's a it's a work setting or an area to support the need of what's happening in that environment. So we're seeing so much transformation. I could talk about higher education for a long time, too, but (laughs) all of these spaces are going through these these. It's a transformational world and especially in some of the areas where I have a, a kind of acute focus right now. And a lot of these spaces do can benefit from being able to do things from home, like you're talking yeah. about and whatnot. But then there's also a lot of businesses that really do excel in that third space. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that we talk about here quite a bit, actually, is, is the power of the third space. This sure. podcast network didn't really start going off um, in the way we wanted it to until we got into here at Theater Cedar Rapids. Yep. You know, we were doing this from my house before, and there was just something about the energy that was off. Right. Um something about recording a podcast out of my bedroom whatever, my bedroom essentially yeah <laughs> right yeah right jackson bartleby's old bedroom is act literally <laughs> where we were recording with justin timberlake poster on the wall <laughs> yeah, yeah i keep telling him to take it <laughs> um but but yeah no there's there's something to be said about mm-hmm. about finding that third space yeah um um but if you're the kind of person that can work from home and, and maintain that lifestyle and motivate yourself to get out of bed in the morning and still get it done yeah oh man that's really special well, I don't think the answer is is one thing or the other, right? So sure. I think I, I think what people are navigating right now, and our organization is even navigating, is what is like what does work look like today? What is hybrid work? What is work from home? What are well, how do all these pieces fit together? So now we've separated out this possibility of of work from home as a as a solution, and I think this can apply broadly as well. Like right, if you put the trust in your team to to get the work done, then there's certain there's so much benefit in offering that trust uh, and the opportunity to work yes. in that way. But I think what people are navigating right now is how does that experience come together as well? So as we kind of talked about before human interaction, and I mean, I think we've all felt this over the last year and a half, two years, is so critical and so important to like mental yes. health. But also, like I can I can use a Miro board to collaborate with my team, but man, it's different when I can throw it up on the whiteboard in the room that we're all working on together. Right, right. And, and so figuring out how those pieces overlap. So we pull apart this work from home idea and then, but how do, how do we come together? Right. How do we make sure that the right people are in the right place to 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 collaborate? And then also, how do we now be more conscious of the people that have been working remotely this whole time? And that was a big aha moment for me as well. And it is what that experience is so much easier when everyone's remote. Right. I think. And so what's going to be interesting to see is how things change to serve the combined experience of in-person work and remote work because if you've ever tried to be the remote person in a hybrid meeting it sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah right right how do you feel being the guinea pig of this new age of work right and it, it's just it, you never feel as engaged so i think there's some really exciting stuff that could happen within that world and i'm excited to see where it goes but also sweatpants but also sweatpants are great <laughs> you know great no point. one knows what's on the bottom so what, <laughs> what exactly does it matter right. Could put on a tie on any outfit now. Well, and it's funny. Like I, I used to work from home one day a week, and I wouldn't get ready. 
I would, you know, roll out of bed and like get on my laptop and do the thing. It's an easy routine to get used to. Well, it was. But now I work from home every day, fully remote, and I get ready every morning. And for me, it makes a difference. And I mean, there are like a thousand video calls that I'm on on a regular basis. But the other thing is it makes me feel more productive when I put that time in. I totally get it. Um, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Alex, I'm so proud of you two for not talking about Bachelor in Paradise for the entire <laughs> second half. Can you see the half. veins bursting out of my neck? We have so much Just to discuss. so hard not I'm, to. I'm really proud of you. Um, let's talk about that spinoff show. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll make it happen. Um, Jordan, you're fantastic. Like I said, you're thank kind. you so much for coming on the show and, and talking with us about your journey and your experience. And um, you dropped some great insights. So thank you. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. And thank you, dear listener, for checking out Friends with Marketing Benefits, our bi-weekly marketing podcast. Every here. other Tuesday, baby. Every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. Um, please subscribe so you know when those new episodes come out please consider leaving us a review. It truly helps. Um, five stars is best. Four stars is okay. Uh, <laughs> and also, if you feel like supporting this show and other local creators like us, please consider subscribing to LAS Plus. You can go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus, and for just $10 a month, you can get ad-free episodes, bonus content, exclusive content, early access to tickets for LAS Live, merch. Um, I'll do your laundry. That rash will go away. We can talk Jordan into doing a mirror board for you. (laughs) (laughs) I would be so excited to do it. (laughs) I'll do it for free. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, okay. Well, But also subscribe. For $10 a month, you can get it for free. We promise. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good there. Um, Yeah, and and one last thing. We said it already, but LAS Podcast Network. um, It's the thing we're doing. We have tons of podcasts. Go to laspodcastnetwork.com. You can see all of them there. We've got great things going on. Other business podcasts. Uh, we've got entertainment podcasts, comedy, and, and semi-scripted stuff. We've got just tons of different things. Go check it out. It's all local, all authentic, and all surprising. Whoa, look what you did there. Wow, LAS. All right, well, <laughs> are you waiting for me to end it now? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't usually outro this show because I usually have to go outside and press the buttons to, to end the thing. Has the I'm, outro been going on too long for your original feedback? It's a little long. Yeah. Well, I didn't think we were going to be talking for this long at the end of the episode. I'm not going to lie to you, but here we are still talking. No, the Since I've still got fine. you, we might as well talk about Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> talk to you in two Tuesdays, everybody. Thank you, Jordan. My pleasure. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you in two weeks. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.